guys, it's Melissa Moore. Thanks for joining me for episode six of Faith, Hope, Love, where we grow together in our faith, increase in hope, and learn how to better love God and love other people. So I'm really excited to jump into this episode. We're gonna talk about being blessed. And if you look right now on Instagram, just Instagram alone, there are 130 million posts with the words hashtag blessed. It's this phrase that's been kind of thrown around for the last several years, and it's kind of become this idea of um, financial prosperity or uh, physical attractiveness or fitness goals. And it is uh, predominantly those kinds of posts, more of the uh, physical <laughs> attributes of being blessed physically. And then there's a couple posts on Instagram that reference more to um, hashtag blessed, like good family or whatever. Um, and then again, the fewest ones are coming back to a faith-based reference in the post. So it's just kind of interesting seeing how this uh, trending hashtag, hashtag blessed, has gotten a completely different meaning than probably what Jesus meant when he first shared it in Matthew 5. So the next several weeks, we're gonna be talking about the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in Matthew 5. If you haven't read it, I would encourage you to pause right here and just take a look briefly at the Sermon on the Mount. We're gonna be going deep dive every single week into a small piece of all of this teaching, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. This is the biggest bulk of this series, and I know that it's gonna be a really big benefit to all of us, uh, myself included, as I've been really studying this. And so, as we start off, I want to take a look at the book of Luke. We've talked in previous episodes about this idea that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all written from different perspectives, two different people groups, but all the same core message. The way that they're written is a little different depending on the theme that the writer is trying to really key and hone in on, as well as just the style of the writer. I want to really make clear that because passages look a little different, the content is the same and the scripture, the word of God, the Bible, is something that we can rely on as truth. There's no error. It's this idea of the inerrancy of scripture that we can look at all of it and know that it's accurate and true and reliable. We see that Luke, who has written to Jewish and Gentile believers, his way of writing is kind of more this like condensed cliff notes version. Whereas Matthew, when he's writing, He's writing to Jewish Christians. The way that Jesus would have spoken to his original hearers is in this more artistic sense with this chiastic formula where it's kind of the outside verses, the outside parts of the teaching kind of mirror each other. And the closer and closer you get to the center of the teaching, that's the key point. And so the writings are totally different in their format and the way they look, but the content is the same. So we're gonna start off in Luke just to kind of take a look at this very quickly, and then we're gonna spend the most of our time in Matthew. All right, so we're picking up with Luke 6, where Jesus is talking with his disciples who had essentially given up everything they ever owned, their livelihood, their jobs, they picked up everything and left to follow Jesus. And so they were not only experiencing essentially this like homelessness and this uh, transient kind of lifestyle, following Jesus wherever he went to heal, to preach, to teach, and to encourage the people. They just, they followed Jesus wherever he went. 
they also were experiencing immense persecution on uh, from the religious leaders of that day. We talked about it last week, these religious elites, the Pharisees, who would have been at that time like influencers, they were persecuting Jesus and his disciples. There were lots of death threats. Uh, we find out, spoiler alert, that Jesus does die because of who he claimed to be, the Son of God, the Messiah. And so we see his followers are experiencing really difficult circumstances. And Jesus in Luke speaks directly to them. You see that with the word you. So let's take a look at Luke 6, starting in verse 20. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. And so Jesus, in saying this, he's almost explained to them, hey, you guys are on the right track. You're doing the right things. And these things that you're experiencing are real hardships. And I want you to know that you will receive honor for these things in eternity. A lot of this is not going to be fulfilled right now. A lot of Jesus' disciples after his death were martyred, which means they were murdered for their faith. And so Jesus, when he's saying these things to them, he's not saying that, hey, your poverty is, is not going to change in this life. Your hunger is not going to change in this life. Your, your weeping and um, your essentially place in society, those things aren't going to change. But in heaven, you have hope. We've talked about that in episodes past, the faith, hope, and love. Our hope is not just in our circumstances right now. It is ultimately in Jesus, in the fact that we believe in Christ for salvation, a right relationship with God, which ultimately ends in heaven. And it's not an ending, but it's this glorious beginning to all of eternity. And so we see this, that Jesus is looking at his disciples and he sees them every single day and he sees the hurt that they're experiencing because of their choice to follow him. And he says, blessings to you, to my disciples, blessings to you. I'm not going to go full into this, but briefly, just so you know, I would encourage you to read the rest of this chapter in Luke 6. Uh, Luke goes on to actually talk about these woes to the people, the religious elite that essentially were praising themselves, praising each other. We talked about it last episode, this influencer kind of style, this uh, fortunate like atmosphere that they had lived in, that they were promoting themselves. And Jesus essentially calls it out and he says, you guys that are getting your praise right now, that you're hungry now, that you're rich now, you've received your reward. And um, maybe you're not actually following God. It's a really big call out that Jesus is doing here. Uh, we'll talk about it again as we now transition into the book of Matthew. And so starting here in Matthew 5, verse 3, the way that this chiastic formula is aligned, the way that we would read this and the Jewish hearers, the way that they would have understood it, is they would look at the first statement and the last statement as being equal, as being connected. And then as you get closer to the middle, that's the main point of the passage. So as we're looking at this, we're going to start with the first and the last verses in this section. I know it sounds confusing, but that would be a very normal thing for a Jewish hearer. And you'll see in just a minute that it, it makes a lot of sense. So first off, Blessed are the poor in spirit, kind of similar to what Jesus said in Luke 6. Blessed are the poor, similar, downcast spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. 
And then we jump down to verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Again, same as what's in, in Luke. And so we see this blessing when you're discouraged because again, they were fearing for their very lives. They are blessed because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so then we'll take a look at the next verse here. So verse four and verse 10. Again, I know that's kind of confusing. Stick with me here. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And again, very similar um, feeling. Again, mourning and weeping is in, in Luke, as well as um, this idea of this persecution and that they will receive this reward, the kingdom of heaven. Very future-oriented. Blessed not right now, but you will receive this blessing. And then verse 5 and verse 9. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And we see this, this meekness, this humility, and this peacemaker identity. We see that also in Luke, right after these blessings and woes, we see this idea of loving our enemy and showing this compassion for people that, again, have hurt us, right? That peacemaker mentality. Seeing, seeing what's going on around us and desiring that, you know, even if we are being attacked or persecuted, that we will be those that create peace. And we see that now in our society as Christians. Are we seen as being peacemakers? Are we seen as being humble? Not always, right? Should we be going out trying to stir up conflict with other people just to prove a point or to say that we're right? I think what Jesus is saying here is we need to be people that promote peace, not just peace within relationships, but also peace between God and, and mankind. So what I'm not saying is that we should just go around and, and not share the truth of what's in the Bible. We need to be honest about what the Bible says, but we need to speak that truth in love in a way that is going to restore peace between a person and God. That's the main goal as a Christian, for us to be doing that. They will inherit the earth and they will be called children of God. Again, it's this eternal promise. Next up we see, we're getting a little closer. So these, these are the last kind of couple points that really Jesus is really honing in on. This is the most important part of this teaching. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And so we see this again, this hunger and thirst. It's like this like intense drive, like we would desire water and just food. It's like a basic need. And we see this desire for righteousness, this purity of heart. And it's something that I really want to encourage you if, you are a Christian, I want to encourage you to dive into the Bible. Don't just listen to sermons. Don't just um, look for random verses that kind of help you feel good. I want to encourage you, read all of it. As I said before, the Bible 
the wholeness of the Bible is the inspired word of God. We need to know what's in it. And so we talk about this righteousness. I'm not going to go into details of what righteousness is, but it's this intense pursuit of what is right, this pursuit of what is holy and pure and good, and that what is typified in the character of God. And it's something that, you know, righteousness is to some extent denying ourselves and our own desires and our own wants, putting those things aside to follow after Jesus. And we see this purity in heart. The word for purity is uh, katharos, which is the same word used for the word catharsis. And it's this literal purging of that which is unhealthy, that which is dysfunctional, that which is not of God, purging those things from our life and creating this sense of purity. And again, if we're reading the Bible, it's very, very, very clear what is good and right and holy and the things that are, are not. And so as Christians, we need to be pursuing those things, pursuing righteousness, pursuing purity. And if we look at the Bible and we see things that don't line up in our lives, we need to go do the work to remove that stuff from our lives. I'm not saying that that's a process we should be doing on our own. If, if addiction is involved, whether it's alcohol, drugs, sex addiction, pornography, I mean, there's so many different forms of addiction. If that's something that you're going through, I encourage you to get the help of a pastor, therapist, you know, going through a treatment facility. Those are not things we should be addressing on our own. And for any kind of purity, we don't do it alone. God desires to do that work in us and through us. He wants to do that freedom work in us. God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to continue living a life of sin. It's something that, again, our world is totally against this idea of living in a way that aligns with the Bible. It's very much this idea of if you want to go do it, whatever makes you happy, just go do it, pursue it. And that's not aligning in scripture. That's not the way that Jesus lived. And so if we claim to be Christians, we need to be pursuing righteousness, hungry and thirsting for it. Like our lives depend upon it because they do. You know, I know this is a hard thing to talk about, but if I, I'm doing you to service, if I don't tell you, Hey, the Bible tells us that we are doing things wrong and we need to purge that from our lives. Because if we get to the end of eternity, which again, that's the, this whole passage is looking to eternity. If we get to the end of our lives, enter into God's presence and Jesus says, I never knew you, that would be the most awful thing. And so again, I know this is hard, but I really, really want you to be able to look at God and for him to look at you and say, I am proud of you. Blessed are you that hungered and thirsted for righteousness, that pursued purity. So last, but very much not least, the very center of our chiasm is verse seven. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. I want to break it down a little bit. Grace and mercy. So grace is this idea of receiving something that we have not earned. This forgiveness, this um, essentially this salvation, this gift of salvation, we haven't done anything to earn that. But grace gives us freely 
the gift of a right relationship with God. On the other hand is mercy. And mercy is this idea of we don't get the punishment that we do deserve. Right? Living in, in any type of sin, whether it's like, you know, going out and committing a really heinous crime or a simple lie. A simple lie even is something that separates us from God, that creates us into people that are not perfect. And in those of us that are not perfect, we cannot stand in the, in the presence of God. But it is because of mercy that we have done these things that have separated us from God, and yet we do not receive the punishment because Jesus received that punishment on the cross, that he offered his life as a sacrifice. And it's, it kind of goes hand in hand, that grace and mercy. And with that mercy that we've received, that God has forgiven us for our sin, so we also need to forgive other people. Now, I want to clarify, that doesn't mean that if you have a Christian brother or sister that's like actively pursuing things that are not healthy, that we shouldn't walk with them and encourage them towards pursuing what's righteous and pure. That's, you know, mercy is not an excuse to continue sinning. It's just grace is not an excuse to continue sinning. What mercy means is if you've been wronged, you need to pursue forgiveness. And it's just this active compassion that we are able to seek out people that either have hurt us or, you know, that are, are also hurting. How can we now show compassion and mercy to people that are hurt and that are hurting? We see Jesus doing that actively with his disciples, going out and healing the people that are broken and preaching this message of hope to people that need hope. Are we doing that as Christians? So as we close this episode, I just want to kind of talk about three last points. If we look at our lives, looking at this, that Jesus is saying, this is what it looks like to be blessed. Your life might not be easy. It's not going to be perfect, but these are the goals. These are things that are like the most important. Are we pursuing righteousness? Are we pursuing purity? And are we pursuing being merciful to other people? And it kind of comes down to this. You know, if we don't see those things in our life, I mean, we have to really identify, are we following Jesus, actively following and chasing after and thirsting and hungering for Jesus? Are we pursuing Jesus the way that he's pursued us? Are we running away from Jesus and completely denying him, just being like, I don't want to believe any of this. And the third is maybe we think we're following Jesus, but our lives look nothing like this. And we have to stop and kind of examine our lives are we doing things that match up with this? If we're not actively following Jesus, maybe we're not actually following Jesus. That's a hard pill to swallow. Again, I'm preaching to myself. Over the last few years, hopefully as a Christian, I feel like I've grown in my faith a lot because I've taken the time to read God's word and I'm examining parts of my life that don't line up with what his word says. And thank, thank Jesus for grace and mercy. And this makes me thankful, again, with the mercy that I've received from God, I have to give that to other people. That comes back to the last thing. Are we showing mercy to other people? Are we showing grace to other people? Are we showing compassion and love to other people and pointing them towards faith and hope in Jesus? If we're not doing those things, maybe we're not actually following Jesus. So I'll see you back here next week. We're gonna talk about the next passage 
which is the idea of being salt and light in our world. I have an amazing guest that I'm gonna have on the show, Adrienne Hillman from Salt and Light Works Tulare, and she's gonna share about this amazing ministry that reaches out to the homeless community in Tulare County, blessing them, where we as Christians should be this literal salt and light that people should see us and they should see Jesus. So join me back here next week as we talk with Adrienne Hillman and learn about a practical way to be the salt and the light of Jesus in our world. I'll see you next week.